came too close to the edge now. Alright, here we go. It's episode 82. And this is with Unknown Project. These boys from New York, you probably know. If you don't, check them out. Everything's in the description, of course. And we have not the whole crew today, but we have Joseph Rizzo, Lane Camarada, Vincent Vinciguera, and Jake Miglilorado. Jesus Christ. Very Italian names. <clears throat> I was doing a little workout, so I'm out of breath. And... You guys have seen probably their work recently with Ampisound. They put out some really big and cool projects, so I'll put those in the description as well. And basically in this episode, all we're doing is talking about, you guessed it, some parkour and what's happening in the world, why they are being challenged and what they want to bring out from the New York scene and what that means and what they want it to reflect, not just for their local community, but for the American community, which we talk about kind of how that compares with other, you know, influential, influential communities like the UK community and some other spots around the world. And, um, the kind of the direction that parkour is going broadly and how it compares to other sports like skateboarding, we get into touch on some fig stuff. And, uh, we even at the end of the podcast, we get real deep and we talk about the meaning of life. So I hope you guys dig this one and here they are. The unknown project. I don't even actually have questions for you guys. I just wanted to hang out and talk. <laughs> Hell yeah, that works. Man, that's what, that's, what that's we're our for. fucking style, yeah. bro. This we're friends. Cool. We're friends first, bro. We're friends first. Well, yeah. How do you? I mean, how do you guys all like? I mean, that's the obvious question, but you might as well get into it. Is like, what happened that made the unknown project begin? Because I saw that was the other thing that surprised me. Is I, I didn't realize how long you guys have been around. And uh, 2014 we, is what I saw. Yeah, yeah, we've been around for like four or five years. So it's it. Um, so kind of how like I guess uh, we all got started was uh, actually take it take it way way back actually to the first beginning. So um, originally how parkour kind of got started in Staten Island like generally was like maybe like four or five people. So one was Nick Ortiz. Um, another one was actually my brother Anthony Rizzo. Um, another person named Joe D'Alessio and John Berman, they were all kind of high school friends. Um, and then they saw it online kind of one day and they just, you know, same as anyone, like you get excited about seeing parkour online and then you kind of just go hook your body at shit, um, and kind of figure it all out. But I think for me and Jake specifically, we got started like very, very early kind of connecting with like Nick and my brother and all like the friends and whatnot. Um, I actually met Jake at a, a, like a birthday party that I had at Aviator Gym in, in Brooklyn. Jake, if you remember. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, we just kind of got to talking. We found out that we both lived on Staten Island. We started training around a little bit and uh, I think Jake came up with the idea to kind of have a collective of everyone on Staten Island because the community in Staten Island isn't that big. Like the, the, like the nine people or like six of us now that are actually together are the only people really training on Staten Island. There is no community. And we're like a two hour ferry ride and train ride from the city. Uh, so we were very, very distant from that kind of small community as well. Um, 
So we just kind of had the idea to get everyone that trained on Staten Island um, together just to kind of like uh, fuck around and train. And then it developed into what we are now and kind of been pushing it forward since then. Um, the way that Vinny got involved, because he actually lives on Long Island, not Staten Island. Um, same thing with like David Ehrlich, if you know who David is. Um, we had been like a team for about maybe two, two or three years. And uh, we had known David very well, um, training back and forth with him. And then Vinny came back from uh, the military. Um, and uh, we just started all training together. And then same thing. We got really, really close, very, very tight knit and kind of built us up to what we are today. That's yeah. I mean, Staten Island's got to play like the biggest, like it's like its own character in the, that's what I feel like anyway. It's, it's like part of the unknown like project. That is like one of the team members is the island. It feels like almost. Yeah, I would say. Like, I, mean, um, I mean, the way because I you know obviously Nick and I are pretty close, and he talks about it, and like I've started to like learn about the history. I'm dumb as fuck when it comes to to that. I think that like you know, I didn't know that Wu-Tang was from there. I didn't like, I just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm very into hip hop. I didn't know like the whole history of it. So like, can you, does anyone want to like talk about like, okay, what does it like mean really? Cause Staten Island is like super unique and I think it plays a really big role. Yeah. I, uh, I mean a big, a big portion behind even like the name, the unknown project, uh, came from when, uh, I remember we were looking to somebody in, uh, like Colorado. And at the time we were already a team. We already went by the unknown project. And when we told them where we were from, we said, yeah, we're from Staten Island. And they just kind of looked at us and they were like, like, where is that? Like, I've never heard of that before. And I, I forgot. I'm like, no, nobody knows really Staten Island. They know it as just New York. Um, so when we kind of like, we like took a step back and we figured out, we we're like, yeah, no, the Island is completely unknown to a lot of people. And seeing as we're trying to be the ones to really make a name for ourselves here first and then kind of like bring it out. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the idea of the unknown project kind of made more sense to us. Cause we're like, yeah, it doesn't really matter where you're from. It doesn't really matter if you're known or not. Uh, like you, you can like have an impact. You can make a change. It, it was pretty cool. That's kind of like been the drive that we've had since. Yeah. yeah. A little, uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, a little fun fact about Staten Island. Uh, it's actually a borough of New York, if you didn't know. And uh, we're literally referred to as the forgotten borough. <laughs> Long Island more of a borough than Staten Island, honestly. <laughs> well, you're just, Long Island is a part of Queens. So technically, yeah, you're, just, you're just Queens. You're literally just Queens, elongated. I'm, wanna, I'm wannabe Queens. I'm white trash Queens. That's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's been fascinating. It's like a lot of, I mean, obviously the Wu-Tang thing was, was a huge piece of culture that comes out of there. I don't know how, how it influences your style other than like the fact that you feel extra isolated, extra unknown, extra like forgotten. Yeah. So that's like super interesting because, I mean, in a place where you already maybe get washed out because New York is such, you know, a, a big chaotic. chaotic melting pot. For, for one area to like really not even, you know, blip on the radar as much, like can be maybe amplifying that effect that you probably already feel if you live anywhere in New York. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's uh, interesting too with uh, specific like training spots. So in Colorado, there's very much uh, 
kind of like um, in-betweens. So that's what we kind of call it because mm-hmm. in, in Staten Island, the spots literally in general, there are very, very small technical things that you can kind of train, right? And then there's no, and then there's just power stuff, like very big power stuff. There's no, there's no that middle ground, that kind of in-between. So we've had to like kind of like be creative and kind of work very, very hard to like, I guess, be <laughs> at the range that we are. Well, I love how that influences your style wherever you're from. That's like yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah, that's yeah. Like how you sure. actually represent. Do you guys feel like you represent, um, you know, the island in the way that you want to already? Or are you still going for that kind of ownership before you move on to bigger? I mean, obviously you're doing big projects already, you know, mm-hmm. with Ampisound. I'm going to get into that, but I'm just curious, like, how do you feel like you are now, like with the salt? Like, what do you feel like? is happening with that and just like, all right, we're, we're bringing Staten Island. Like, what do you bring from Staten Island to the world? I think, uh, I think we're doing a pretty okay job of creating like that kind of image because as we talked just before, like, uh, like a forgotten borough, like it's not really like known widely. And for us to kind of push the idea of like the unknown project, like you don't really have to be known to kind of push your way forward. I think that really kind of like encapsulates us. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I dig it. I'd like to represent New York like as a whole rather than like a borough honestly like I think it'd just be cool to be like oh those are the New York kids like that's always like tickled me a weird well I think that's actually what we're kind of pushing towards now we're kind of getting out of like the small realm of Staten Island because of like the projects that we've been doing at Ampisound and and whatnot and the production value has just kind of gone up that uh, I think that we're very much being known as like oh those boys from New York rather than like oh those boys from Staten Island so that's pretty cool because yeah, we're kind of representing like a higher thing with ourselves. Yeah. And then that'll bring attention probably to, you know, as the road keeps going, do you see yourself kind of representing the United States in a different way? Um, I hope so. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, because if you really look at um, what is going on in the United States, there's not much going on in the United States compared to like the UK scene, you know, they're doing like a whole lot and yes, like parts here and there are kind of picking up in the United States, but no one, there's no like, I guess like big, big projects being like very pushed forward. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe someday. Hopefully. <laughs> Pushing the scene, but there's like a lack of East coast presence. It seems like disregarding uh, Washington's got a pretty good community, but like, I, I feel like there's no one really doing what we're doing in New York. No, I mean, it doesn't feel like that really, no one's really doing what you guys are doing. And I mean, hardly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't feel like there's much of what you guys are doing, you know, I mean, everyone's doing it differently, but there's so few teams that are really like being pretty active and like really trying to push it. And like that are good friends, you know, that really true. Yeah. There's, there's, there's obviously the LA Tempest guys. They're really like, you know, amazing and I love everything they're doing. There's lots of good communities, but um, there's few teams that are kind of like trying to be kind of that, that team vibe. That's still a little bit, you know, it's just, it just doesn't exist. Like no one's really kind of made it work for them in the United States so well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, I was, uh, I've been talking to, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm sorry. Um, I was actually talking to like a bunch of people kind of about that kind of topic lately, because I think it's very, not that it's like easy per se, because everyone has their struggles here and there, but to kind of push yourself as a single athlete, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, like, you know, kind of pushing yourself forward. I think it's very easy for people in the parkour community to kind of break through very quickly. Um, but the longevity of it 
kind of trails off a little bit because it's very hard to consistently make big projects as a regular person. Um, but I think it's harder for a team to kind of break through because there's so many personalities, because there's so much to like attach yourself through to. But uh, the longevity of it is better because once people start to attach, they find like themselves in that team and they can really start to connect with it. And I think that kind of drives way further than like single athletes. Oh, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, like I, uh, I, I, I heard it from somebody recently. It was, I, I think what is nice about what, like what we're doing uh, as far as a team, like you said, you don't really see people or you don't really see teams nowadays that are, you know, more friends before anything else. Yeah. It wasn't like we just kind of made the team. And we were complete strangers. We were friends first and then just kind of like slapped a logo on it and said, Hey, this is us now. This is the unknown project. Uh, yeah. But we had like these years and years of like connection and relation uh, before we ever really became anything. And I definitely think that shows when people see us in public or we go out to gatherings or events or even like our videos, you see that friendship first pretty much before anything. And I really enjoy that connection that people can have to us because it doesn't really seem, you know, we're not trying to ever be intimidating. We don't want to be like that. We want to feel welcoming to people, like to kind of show people like, Hey, you know, just go out with a bunch of friends, go move around. And that's what we did. And look what we're doing now. And it's pretty cool. (laughs) We bring some crazy energy. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. No, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I think you guys are right on the money. Like, I think that's such a huge part of what people don't realize what makes someone like a store team successful or even Tempest or, you know, even though like I, I kind of paint them in a different way because they are more yeah. of like a amalgamation of different athletes coming together. And obviously it's tied up with the whole entertainment industry because of, um, you know, that's what, that's one of the, that's what makes them who they are. But any team that has longevity, it's because there's real friendships, real bonds, real things like that hold it together that are bigger than and deeper than, you know, what you are ever going to see on the surface, you know? And, um, I think you guys are totally right. I think that's like really interesting that it's like, it's definitely, it's a huge part of the longevity mm-hmm. and not just because that's what people can connect to, but it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work unless there's a real, a real camaraderie i think sometimes you know yeah. it just has to kind of and because it allows you guys to be yourselves on camera and like have fun and like we all want to see those weird sides of you but it's it's not a it, it's not a good look for somebody when they're trying to be that weird side of themselves you know sometimes or it's just i don't know i know what you, i just think like it, you got you draw it out of each other but you can also keep each other kind of in check and yeah that that shit is um you know that's what a lot of people are really especially like right now you know with the isolation going on people are really yearning for some kind of connection you know and, and before the pandemic that's a huge thing already it's just people don't have that sense of camaraderie as much as they used yeah. to but i don't know no, no, no. I, I, I completely agree. It kind of goes back to like the, the athlete versus team kind of thing, because you can have one person that tries to push and push and push, but after a while, like you could push too hard and you could be forcing yourself to kind of make this stuff that are you really like into or like happy with, or even having fun with, you know what I mean? Like when we go out to film a video, whether it be like a big project or like a small project or a POV, whatever, like we're literally going out, having fun training all together kind of like feeding off one another, you know, screwing around with each other, just 
blatantly having fun. And I think that's where like the, the real um, like production comes in afterwards, because once we have that fun, we get into a very good state or vibe. And then we just kind of click and click and click. We're all like reading each other. We know exactly what to do, where to stand, where to be. I feel like that could be very hard with someone trying to push themselves forward by themselves, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Very no. Well, um, what are you guys uh, going next with? I mean, you have these, you had these two big projects come out with Ampisound uh, in New York and then another one most recently in Texas that came out like today or something or yeah. Uh, two days ago or a day ago. A couple days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those, how do those do? And like, you know, what is that guys? What is that? How has that shifted your journey? Like where you headed next? Um, I guess, well, right now it gets, it's a little up in the air because of everything kind of going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have the plan to uh, compete again, most of us, and head to like the qualifiers for NAPC and then Vancouver. Uh, I think we kind of talked about maybe some like small road trips here and there. Uh, but our big project was in January when we filmed Texas. Um, and again, just because of everything kind of going on right now, um, we really don't know. France also, dude. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, talk about me, France. What's going on with France? Me, Vinny, uh, Lane, and David actually planned like a, a small trip, like seven or eight days, to go to uh, France, go to Leeds, and then come down to Amsterdam for uh, uh, what's the jam? Oh my god, hop the block. Hop the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the plan was to kind of go film what we can if we can get like a project going while we're there. Maybe shoot another POV. Um, that would be cool. But again, because of everything, it's just a little, it's just a little weird. We're kind of on like a waiting period to kind of see what happens. Yeah. We don't know if our flights are getting canceled yet for those who have purchased the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you never know, but you should be able to get a good refund at least at this time. Yes. Very true. Or like not, you know, you, you apply it to another ticket. No problem. Um, Something like points. So another question I guess I have, because like, I think this is important and Phil, I don't know if you guys listen to the Modus podcast, uh, most recent episode with Phil, or if you listen to other parkour kind of podcast episodes, but you know, something that I thought that Phil really drew attention to, which I, I really agree with is like, and it's something you guys obviously have, but like, what do you guys find that ties you together? That's not parkour. Like that's not, that's not the training. That's not the movement. You know, if it wasn't Super there, smash brothers. Yeah. I was literally, literally about to say smash. Like we all play, we all go super hard. Like we literally have uh, like hangouts where all we do for hours is play smash. Like that's been a very, very big thing with us. Oh word. Yeah. Ever since the beginning, honestly. And you guys are all about the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early, early, early 20s. Yeah. Early. Ooh. Prime time, baby. You know, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Gift from Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, Zoom that's the 40 minute yeah. lit. We get the. That's what I'm talking about, dude. See, we don't have to buy $15 Zoom. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Actually, thanks, Zoom. We appreciate that, you know. Shout out Zoom, right? Oh, yeah. Shout, yeah. Out Shout out Zoom. Hell yeah. Shout out um, Zoom. I don't have to cut this thing short at all. Or that's good. Hell yeah. But um hey, man. Yeah. Anything else? So you get the smash. You guys are about the same age. You guys have all like not everyone's from Staten Island though, right? No, no. So me, Lane, Jake are from uh Staten Island, Vinny, 
David is from Long Island. Also, we have Chris Picarello and Jesse Delaberti, who are also from Staten Island. So it's us like Maine five from Staten Island, and then David and Vinny are from Long Island. Yeah, I, tr- I grew up training with Max Henry. I, I know you know Max pretty well. Yeah. But uh, I started training with him in the Long Island community probably over 10 years ago now when I was like 13. <laughs> He's such a pillar. Yeah, like, I mean, it's so funny. Uh, like, think about, you know, we stole those guys. We stole Nick and we you stole... You guys did. You guys yeah, had thieves. But we stole Max permanently for, for our yeah, yeah. intents and purposes. Although Nick I don't actually came back this year. Yeah, I know. You got him back. Christine stole Max. How Chris, dare you? Yeah, Christine. <laughs> shout out Christine for taking Max and, and pinning him down to us here in Colorado. Um, he's such a legend. What do you guys um, What do you guys think when it comes to that? Like, who who do you look to or do you kind of feel like you, you know, because I think there's a time when you you have mentors like Max and Nick that obviously had influence, influence on your guys' training. And then... Yeah. Then you kind of become your own mentors in this group. Is there other people that you still look to or how do you guys push yourself to be, you know, I'm assuming, you know, correct me again, if I'm wrong, let me know. But here's how I see it. You know, if you really want to be making waves, if you want to be becoming known without being known, you know, and being, you know, getting, getting attention, you have to be giving something. So that usually means like you're giving some, something the world hasn't seen before. Um, or is not seen like the way you guys are doing it. And obviously, every one of you are ne- unique. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you, you know you got to do is you got to kind of like have interesting movement to the table. Like, how do you stay pushing yourself? Do you guys set movement goals? What kinds of things do you do that, uh, that draw out like that next level of you? Uh, you guys just want to kind of go in order? Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. One by one. Uh, I mean, I'm first. Yeah, go for, go, for, go for it. No, no, no. Please, I cut you off, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> so polite. Um, well, I guess in my own training, uh, what I do, and this is what I've always done from like since I've always started uh, to train, I have like a, um, a parkour list in my phone. And it's of all the spots on the island, things that I've either tried, have accomplished, or have set out to do. Um, and that just kind of like given towards a spot or, uh, things that I've seen other people do that, um, I guess I try to go a little further with, uh, to test myself because I know that that thing is already possible. Um, so for me personally, it's just like, kind of like a parkour list. I look up consistently, kind of keep my head fresh of the challenges, um, and then just check them off as I go. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. We have very different answers. (laughs) (laughs) Jake. Your turn. I uh, going back on what you were saying about uh, how, like in the beginning, you know, you have mentors and stuff, and you know, it, without, and I always say, like, without like meeting Nick and training with Nick for yeah, the amount true. of years that I did in the beginning, I don't think any of us really would have met at the time that we did. Um, I'm sure it would have happened at some point, but you know, all this may not have gone the the way that it has been. Um, so like Max and Nick definitely like are two of those people that I know I definitely looked up to and still look up to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I, as we've like been training together and after like all the years of training, I know like I look up to every single person on the team. Now I kind of like watch every single, I watch everybody's movement, everybody's videos, the content they're putting out. And I'm still learning 
through the people on the team, which I always thought was kind of cool. Because uh, even though I, I know them for years, I'm still learning stuff that they don't even know that they're, they're teaching me. Uh, and it's always something nice to watch because I base a lot of my movement off of every single person on the team. I'll see certain things that they do and I try to incorporate in my own training. And it's a way that I kind of keep my movement fresh and my mentality with training uh, fresh as well because I have, at this point, six people to go off of. So there's always something new to learn that I know either I can't do or something that I'm willing to try and do. Uh, that's true. I think I misunderstood the question a little bit. That's very, very much um, kind of like the dynamic. No, no, completely. I mean, it's very, very much. No, I thought you were talking like specific like process of what you do, but um, no, you know, that's definitely you know, like a, I kept it nice and vague just to fuck with everyone. No, <laughs> no, it's definitely just to let like, you like rattle off. Definitely a big step. Everyone else has like their share and what we kind of uh, build off of one another, has, especially with the team. Well, let's before we get to that. Actually, I want to know whose like skills are are best like sharpened against who, each other persons. But let's keep, keep going down the oh, line. You want to go versus versus each other? Oh, versus versus. Oh my god, that's hard. You know, if you guys are the if you guys are the Voltron robots or whatever, like I actually don't know Voltron lore. But if you knew, if you're the, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know many. But like Avengers, like if you're like the, you know, who's like the the Hulk? Like, what are your superpowers? You know, that's what I want to know on the next. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Uh, are we gonna go into that? Where we still? No, no, no. With keep, the... keep, I'm I'm getting ahead of us. Sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's my turn, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, Lane. I'll I'll, I'll be last, Lane. <laughs> so uh, I would say for me, it's kind of kind of what the guys were just saying. I kind of try to learn from everybody, honestly. Like especially my teammates. I think like I have some of the best competition around, you know. So I try to like put myself up against them, and not even like in a super competitive way, just to better myself. I see things they do, and like how Jake said, I'll try to incorporate into my stuff. Where I'll just see something that catches my eye, and I'm like, ooh. I want to try that. So I just try to, you know, learn it real quick. But, uh, yeah, I would say like, I try to better myself at any encounter. Like even if I train like with you, where I train with Nick, where I train with like the riot guys on Philly or anything like that, I try to just see what they're doing and try to just like try to either do the same thing, you know, like try to learn the same movement and or just like see where my power is and whatnot. So it helps me just push myself mentally and sometimes physically, which is cool. Health, healthy competition. Yeah, healthy competition. Healthy competition. Wow, Lane, that was so beautifully said. I, <laughs> I doubt that. I, I, I can't say that. that. No, it did. It was, dude. Like all of you said it at the end of the day. Like a lot of my progression, or like a lot of our movement, a lot of our movements are based off of one another, and that's the cool thing. Is like the way we synergize with the movement is also like evolved. It's going to be a little bit of a outlier answer but like definitely with psychedelics like definitely like every time i've trained after doing a psychedelic like i've progressed or like i've, I've been doing new styles of movement after that which is like a reworking of the brain and that's really like helped my training the past few years oh wow really how is it can you go oh, yeah. a little more into that actually since we're since we're on you and, yeah i mean no problem i mean um it's the training and what does it open up or I, when I was microdosing on psilocybin, that's like the first time I felt it. Like I was getting way more, it was way easier to visualize like doing jumps or doing movements before they actually happened. And it felt as if like a key was being put into a lock and unlocked. I was like, wow, that's a very surreal feeling to be feeling on a tenth of a tenth of a gram on psilocybin. Uh, but like uh, after like any type of dosage, like uh, 
I've done DMT and LSD as well. And after one of those experiences, uh, I've always come back the next day, like, oh, I want to train. Like, I know what my passion is. I want to train. And then that would just, I'd learn, like, I just learned palm flips. I would be working on flips, landing better. Uh, my perception and control would just go through the following day or like the following weeks. It just carries over well, I feel. Do you guys all notice that? Comes after his LSD trip and he's like just flowing harder. He was like, damn, I want some of that. Uh, What's going on? <laughs> well, no, I mean. Uh, uh, just kidding. I, I, I got a d- disclaimer. I don't know who's listening and all that. My, my <laughs> position is sometimes it works for people. Sometimes it works against them. I'm not going to fucking. Yeah. Way, but no, no recommendations. I'm saying this works for me. My personal movement and how I, yeah, yeah. I've evolved definitely heavily influenced by psychedelics obviously you know learn yourself and get responsible but i'm curious like if you guys actually noticed it too or for anyone else on the team i don't know if they picked up on it i, I went out uh, uh training with them after a shooting trip once and i felt that's when i did that uh tree last day over in that island i was like oh that's easy oh i remember when you did that oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the only thing that uh, uh, I've actually like ever really learned from psychedelics, I've done shrooms a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for me specifically, uh, like I deal with like a lot of anxiety, like I have very bad generalized anxiety. Um, so what happened was actually um, during like the, the, the second time I did mushrooms, I actually kind of got like a better understanding of anxiety and I don't really know how to like explain it all too much of what kind of happened in that trip. But, um, after I came out of it, I was very much in a different place with my anxiety and I was able to manage it better. And because of that, my training got better. I wasn't second guessing as much. Um, I was kind of had full faith in my ability that I know that I could do this, um, because everything before for that, it was literally just the anxiety factor. Like I would think of a challenge, try to approach it, just get way too stressed out, think way, way too much. Um, and I guess, be, I don't know, because whatever happened, when what it happened. What perspective did it give you? Like, did it give you just a different look at what your anxiety was? Like, It, it helped me uh, learn to accept it a little bit, you know, and to kind of think that, no, like you do deal with a lot at once uh, being like um, having anxiety, but um anxiety can be now looked at in two different kind of lights. There's bad anxiety that makes you panic, right? But then there's good anxiety that everyone feels every single day, but they're able to kind of manage it where people with like that people are uh, people that are diagnosed with like generalized anxiety or kind of depression, they, they have like a harder time understanding it and dealing with it. Um, so I think when I came out of it, I learned to accept it a little more. I, I learned to like, um, kind of admit to myself that no, like I'm not the only person that deals with all this stuff. Um, and there is like a very healthy way to deal with it. And that's through like physical output, working out, exercising, doing whatever. And if that makes you feel good, then there's no reason not to accept it as good anxiety and let it push you forward. You know what I mean? Positively. Oh, that's so awesome. It seems to like... Mm-hmm rewire your brain it like rewires your brain gives you a different perspective and like perception of things Mm -hmm. in this reality and like that's Mm -hmm. the biggest takeaway is like you could literally like it's interesting that you're able to look at your anxiety in that new light like after an experience and like Mm -hmm. good on colorado too also for medicinal psilocybin good on that's like a leap right there Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, no, it's um, yeah, because we're all doing it in the dark, basically, you know. Yeah. I'm like, 
that we know now that it's like there's clinical trials and there's things that you know are coming out now that show that especially especially under some kind of supervision and the right dosage and all that it can be really helpful for people dealing with all kinds of different mental, yeah like yeah. um empowerment kind of things like taking taking anxiety and making it work for you etc mm-hmm. but uh I've talked to a couple of people about like uh, how like they start to microdose and their anxiety has filtered better. So, yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, I wish I was like smart enough to really talk about it intelligently because I Mm -hmm. find it super fascinating that like you can get a different look. And I think ultimately that's what parkour is kind of about, you know, in some ways for a lot of us, I don't know if you guys are the same way, but it's like, it's, it's just about getting that different perspective. Yeah. You know, you can, and, and once you realize that you can get that different perspective, that's what can be addic- a little bit addicting about it and in, in a healthy way, because it's, it's, you know, it's requiring you to, to be on point to, to do it properly in advance. But, um, just being able to realize that like, Oh, I used to think this was incredibly terrifying. And now I know that it's completely within my abilities in a way that it doesn't almost make sense, you know, oh, that's so true. That, that teaches you just, you know, the same as, as any kind of trip would take you on. It's just mm-hmm. you, it's all in your, in your head really. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, that's very, very true. Um, actually what I was thinking about when you were kind of saying that was, um, after I had done kind of that trip a month later, me and Lane went to Colorado. That's when we kind of saw you during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started training heights like we've never, never, ever done before because where we live, like there's no heights training at all, like very, very little, small, like roof gaps, but like nothing ever. And in New York too, it's very, very hard to find like very high, not oh, high risk is kind of like a, what, uh, everything's yeah. high risk there. It's yeah, such a yeah. fucking drag. But, um, <laughs> because I don't know, after the trip, I really started to kind of feel that connectingness and like intuitiveness of like heights, because that's where it's most real. And that's where you should focus the most. Right. Uh, so when me and Lane went and we were doing descents and cat drops like crazy, almost every single day, just training and repping and filming. Um, I really felt like that trip, like helped me to accept the anxiety uh, and help me push past the heights training because we we did some we did some scary stuff. It was it was fun. It was, it was yeah. Yeah. a little a little too much. A little too, yeah. a little too much. You know that can happen. That can happen. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing is like you know being being your guys' age at one time in my life and now being significantly older i would say oh shut up significantly you're like in your young 30s take oh, it no, easy yeah. well, how old are you i'm 24 you're still young i am still young yo i'm the youngest one here okay <laughs> oh, shit. zoom room right now because i know what it really means to be young all right so i can get young when i need to but i'm just kidding but ultimately i do think that like there is certain amounts of of just like there's a higher level of consciousness, I think, coming through like each generation. Um, and yeah. I think you guys probably are like more intelligent than I was at 24. Mm. Um, but also that 24 year old man brain is as far as I know from my anecdotal experience is just still very like willing to take on more risk. And it's not necessarily unsafe. It's just that I realized that as I got older, I'm not, I'm just not interested. Maybe it's because I already did a bunch of it. And so I got it mm-hmm. kind of like out of my system. Maybe it's because I, you know, your prefrontal cortex, they say doesn't finish forming and all that shit until you're yeah. mid twenties to late twenties. And maybe it's, 
just following passions. Like we don't really know, but I will say that like, there's something about looking back at the kinds of things I was doing and willing to do. And just, I, and this is, this is, you could look back at any point in your life and think this though, but it's just like, I've had jumps wow. like that though. Like jumps I did when I was 14 and I'm looking at a 24. I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, like any know, descent like, I've done. Yeah. Yeah. You know how Sandy it was or wasn't. Based yeah, on yeah. what you know now, when you learn more, and that's like what gets, I think, what can really, that's why I feel older is because I'm just like, oh, I just understand way more deeply now some of the, I'm more aware of risks that I never even thought about back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. I think with, uh, with social media being like very, well, that's something you acquire with years. I would would say again, like you guys are, you guys are further along than I was at 24 and I, I would expect you to be further along than I, than you, than I am here at 31 when you get here um, because you guys are killing it. So fingers crossed. You're doing what you're doing. You guys are, you guys are awesome. Hell yeah, we someone try. We try. Say, someone was about to say something. Oh, I was about to say, um, I th- going on like with the topic of age. I think social media plays like a very, very big part in that because um, as things are like uh, being posted, as things are being shared, it kind of uh, broadens the range of what is actually possible now compared to what people were doing way back in the day, compared to what people are doing now. Because we have this now big huge vault of like videos that you can kind of go now and see what people were doing in the day and be like oh okay that's possible right so what's the next thing you know what i mean or not even in that like mm-hmm. like we know what can be possible now what can i do to to kind of show it yeah yeah i think that just grows more and more as social media is being like such a big thing now totally yeah no it's it's like I know this, I mean, there's like the whole collective conscious, unconscious kind of theory, you know, that the hundred apes or the hundred chimp theory or whatever, like once the, you know, a hundred chimps on this island, one of them figured out how to crack a coconut and then chimps on the other side of the island could do it. I don't know if you guys know that story, Um, but, but it's just strange to me. Like there's so much descent work going down and there's so much of it online now. And then randomly you saw, like, I saw like this emergency video where, where some guy was doing descents. Like he wasn't a parkour athlete, but he was doing like the tech. Like I'm just like, he just really? somehow. And wow. he was trying to rescue some child from, um, from some burning building. Oh, oh, I saw oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does. I think yeah. he was athletic and all this other stuff. But like, I mm-hmm. feel like he just, he like understood the tech because of what people in parkour have explored uh, for like, you know, I don't know if that's real. I don't know if it is or not, but if it is that they definitely like did some of the work that allowed that guy to kind of safely navigate that situation. Absolutely. That's so interesting. I think that went down in France, didn't it? That yeah. homeboy, like, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, dude, they wow. celebrated him. That was, that was wild when I went wow. down. He, I mean, everyone in France, I feel like you, you mentioned parkour. They're like, Oh yeah. Like that rings a fucking bell. Yeah. It's, but yeah, cause he's in France. So he's probably seeing shitloads yeah, of yeah. his whole upbringing. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure like a few people more than in America, I've heard of David Bell or seen a parkour video in France as opposed to like the U S. Yeah. I would wonder too, actually. I've not visited. This I would wonder this number. You guys are going back there. You guys going to visit the Dom de Lac and all the. Yeah, Dude, man. I want to. Pilgr- like Mech- yeah. It's like a pilgrimage mission. Exactly. The plan was to go to Leeds. So. Oh, cool. That was the plan. So hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed, fingers crossed. What, what, what does that mean for you guys? 
to to go to the origin of of our discipline or whatever you call it the motherland dude yeah. i feel like you can learn so much there like just like i don't know there's something that trips me out about like going up to a wall and touching it and be like how many other athletes had their hands here at one point like there's an energy to spots and i feel like every spot there is going to have like this weird just history to it this weird feeling and vibe that's what i'm stoked about i can't <laughs> wait to go yeah well, I'm I'm just excited for new spots, honestly. That's what I was yeah. saying. Same, same. Yeah. New spots, new opportunities, new spots, more yeah. challenges, yeah. more stuff. Yeah, I'll be the cliche one here and give you really dramatic <laughs> answers. <laughs> oh, we just we love to jump, you know. Yeah, just so. Well, that's another thing. Like, I've actually not visited it, and I used to have like. I mean, there's always a balance to strike there too. I think with paying respect to what came before you and and the people that really pioneered and blazed the trail and then taking it in a different direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the people that go to every, you know, it's not like, you know, you see some people throwing down some big lines and stuff there now, but it's weird. Like it doesn't, in my mind, it's not even like, I, yeah, I wouldn't go there to like train, I guess. Like for me, I would just okay. be interested yeah. into like learning about why the movements were shaped by that architecture. But I, mm. I mean, I would go there. No, I feel that. I, mean, I, feel that I would probably, and my, my brain would take over and I'd probably try to do something that was like mm-hmm. unique or interesting there. But manpower. Well, also, it would be cool to see manpower. like. Oh, yeah, dude, you got to go to manpower. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't have a height drop podcast and not go to Manplower. Just take it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But, uh, you, you've done it. No, I've never you been didn't. to France and I've never, um, never seen all those historical. Sites. He's uh, never done it, but he's set himself up to do it. Height drop. I would never go to manpower. I, if I go to France, you better believe I'm going to get in good shape because I do not want to go there and not be able to do the jump. I feel that. I feel that. That's exactly what I I'm saying. That. We're all lifting, being like, I just want to be strong enough to just take a meaty 14 foot drop. That's all. Yeah, I don't know why, but it, it does like, it's it's weird. That's one of the few challenges. I don't like to replicate challenges most of the time. I'm just not interested in it. You know, if somebody yeah. does something, I'm like, awesome, they did that. And usually I'm more interested in just trying to do something else. But that one, I've been like, I would feel really stoked to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are. Uh, how many? How many like iconic parkour movements or challenges really get named? You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, they're so we, iconic. <laughs> Who can we name them? We got Manhood. We got IMAX. We got. That's it. <laughs> and then it falls off right after IMAX. That's right it. after IMAX, that's like, it. And fuck. That's it. You got like two. You know what? Country and you, you don't only even have Voxel anymore, bro. Voxel. All right, Voxel. Rest in peace. Never be able. to Oh, listen, listen, listen. There, there, there are blueprints, and we will make them way down the line. Mm-hmm. It's set. It's set. First, you heard it here first. Hold us to our word. People go to Colorado to do the descent here because it's kind of like his parkour history for descents. The one in Cherokee, Boulder. Yeah, Cherokee or White Rails too. That's like yeah. White Rails. You know, it's not. It's a Whole Foods. It's a Whole Foods descent. Yeah, that one's super gnarly. That I'm one actually, is gnarly. Uh, the one that like really frustrates me is the the jump that Callum did in um in Japan, Tokyo, where the hell it was. Uh, that's not named. 
I feel like that should oh, be named. Proc across it, apartment gaps. Yeah, like I really feel like that is yeah. an iconic thing. It should be named. We call like, it Gap. Callum's Gap or Callum's Jump. We can name it right. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you're totally right. I'm with what you. On that one. When that came yeah. out, like it's just crazy the amount of saturation that that is just existing, not just within parkour, but everywhere. Because, yeah, I remember when I saw that, I was like, that is so fucking legendary, you know? Mm-hmm. Somebody to step to a, a level pre that big at height and, like that. And front out. Yeah. So uh, I really think, like, it was just, I was like, why? Why did, why? Why would you not? <laughs> like, you had the opportunity. Come on. He I still mean, does. I mean, they probably he do. Does, no. Who knows? We don't, we don't That's know. true. That's true. We don't know. It doesn't become much sure. until you actually, like, train at, like, more people have to show up before it's a spot, you know? True. It wasn't the whole yeah. thing until two people did it. Other, before that, it was just like a crazy descent that somebody did. And then somebody did it. And then it's like, all right, now it's a thing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, I would feel, especially going based off like what you just said with that, like more people would have to do it. I think it holds more of like a prestigious uh, like place that only one person has done it. And like everybody on that team and everybody who's watching it knows full well that he was able to do that. Uh, I think by naming it and like bringing more attention to it may dilute it because then people would want to go there and people yeah, would want to do true. that. That's very and then true. it become it becomes more of this, uh, I guess like competitive scene where it's like, Oh look, I can do this as well. When it comes to like all the descents and the jumps that people have done, I, there's never that competitive nature because the way people train and stuff, but like you saw his progress and his step-by-step going through that jump and everybody knew like he was able to do this. This is what he trains for. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, if they, I'm sure they have a name for it. And I mean, but I feel like not naming it keeps it at that like very high level of like, that was fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the unnameable. That's what they call it. Unnameable. The un- okay. Yo. Yeah. No, it's, okay. I mean, and, and to be fair, it's like, you know, him doing it, like every gap like that is done by that, that first person that we've, we've talked about it millions of times on the podcast, but it's just like, when you pushed it through that barrier, like that was not, that wasn't just that gap. It was like all gaps of that type, you know, that's like anyone who does a, a full speed running pre, especially a, a level pre at height, they owe Callum a little bit of juice because he pushed through that barrier for everyone. But but it's not even like what, you know, what's fascinating about it is that it just becomes like so <laughs> washed out eventually. It seems like, you know, we don't, we are talking about it now, which is great. Cause I, I remember that I was like, damn, that is the most fucked up jump anyone's ever done. You know, yeah, I agree that day for sure. And, um, but you know, Callum, you know, he's still training. He's still pushing himself. He's not interested true. in doing that kind of stuff. And so it's just like, it kind of, you go, oh, yeah, well. And then eventually, you know, when, when uh, Kai did the, the IMAX Kong Prix. Yeah, yeah. The day in 2012 or whatever. Like, that was just, that was the Draw, best Kong Prix that's ever been done. You know, it was the most intense Kong Prix probably anyone had ever seen. Yeah. And now people are just repping it. You now people are repping it and it's just sticks and it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't lose anything necessarily, but that's what that's what's so crazy about that barrier breaking is like it's it's so gnarly until somebody does it and then now all of a sudden you know if if people went up to tokyo you know if there's like you know 100 of the world's best jumpers up there parkour jumpers 
if they, especially if they were all there, you know, a shitload of people would throw that because uh, that's true. Off each other. Yeah, after they see the first one, send it to, right. you'll just follow mm-hmm. that chain reaction energy. Like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it too. The magic trail. Follow the magic trail. All the magic trails. Yeah, yeah, it just leaves like a wisp of like mm-hmm. hot energy that like it's just that keeps the portal open, you know. But um, but that's interesting. Like that brings me to a kind of a point that I wanted to talk about with you guys, even though I haven't really articulated it fully. It was just just like where do we take it from here? Because you know we've we've got we've got a lot of growth happening in the sport. Do you guys see it at the rate it's going? Needing anything more? Or is, do you think like, you know, depending on what you want to accomplish in the sport, do you feel like we will, like, where does it go? Like, when does it get the kind of traction maybe it needs to have um, uh, just a, a progression in as a sport to like the, the next tier of whatever sporting is? You know, and, and do we want it to go there or are we just happy to like keep it where it's at? You know, I mean, this is just a very broad question, but yeah, yeah what, I don't know. I, think where, I don't know what sport we compare to right now, but it's not, you know, where do we compare and where do we want to be? And how do you guys? Well, what do you, when you say like the parkour now was probably where skating was in like the early 80s, late 70s, like just starting to get some limelight and some light shined on it. I feel like that's where parkour is now. And it's like, just sticking its head out of that hole to where like people are like oh yeah like people come up to me on the streets and i'm like oh you're doing parkour right or oh you're a free runner and it's like oh shit yeah man like i haven't mm-hmm. gotten it that i haven't gotten so much commonplace like that in all of my years training except for like this year like 2019 2020 people come up and they know it instantly mm. um i think the only thing really to compare it to is skateboarding you know, because it's kind of literally the same, the same essence and the same essence and the same people, you know, and then you can compare to where skateboarding has gone with the competition scene or people getting sponsored um, like deals with, with brands and whatnot. Um, I think it's very much following in that same footsteps, but it's also um, you have to see where your priorities lie and kind of like what you want to do. And that's from person to person, right? Because you have, I guess, a team like us that we're all really interested in is going out, having a good time and showing people what we love to do and what we think is fun, you know? And if we can build ourselves up a brand off that, that's great, but we still want to very much keep that kind of essence about us. But if you take people who are just driven in like, oh, I want to compete and I want to be the best, you know, like that's their priority and that's where they're going to take it. So I think it has like a, a couple of points that it could launch off of just like skateboarding, you know, cause it is so broad because there are so many styles and there are so many different kind of competitions or projects or teams and whatnot. Parkour teams. Yeah. So many different teams. That's what I see. Like there's going to be like a burst, like 10 own thing. They have their own clothing up. They store is their own thing. They have their own clothing brand. Like it's, it's already like, the startings or the inklings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. Uh, I I always talk about this a lot uh, with anybody that you know, t- like is talking about this type of topic. Like, where is it going, or where should it head, or should we even try to push it somewhere? Uh, and comparing it with skateboarding, uh, skateboarding right now is approaching the this place that I would love to see where. Uh, parkour is when it's at the same level whereas realistically everybody that's doing parkour right now i mean you can make the argument that's been being done for years and years on end but 
we don't have, especially in this like generation, we don't have any, you know, 80 year olds, 70 year olds that did parkour mm-hmm. in the scene that we're doing it in now. And I would love to see where this sport really heads. And I feel like skateboarding's heading there because it's been around for a little bit longer and it's been more developed uh, for a little bit longer. But I want to see what the veterans of that sport do when they can no longer do the sport, how they push it without mm-hmm. physically being able to do it, but having all the mental uh, figured out and done. I would love to see where parkour heads when we have those athletes that can no longer do it. And that's when I feel like the sport is really going to hit its high point. Uh, because then you have people that want to push the sport for the love of the sport. They, they, their bodies can physically, physically no longer do what they used to, but now they have all the power to really push and give the ideas out that they have. Uh, and that's where I'm curious to see where it goes. But I, I think it'd be great to see. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you, man. I feel, I, th- I think you guys are definitely right. I also think that like skateboarding, and parkour are kind of competing for it, it as like for for a share of, of of the market in some ways you know and not like yeah i don't give a shit like i believe in parkour i love parkour i know that like it's going to kind of just be what it is mm-hmm. until the end of time because like you guys are saying like it's really more about what you guys want to do and having fun and that's kind of just what all the things that, you know, have a culture, that's what it comes down to is like, it's people that really love it, that keep it grounded and keep it what it is. And so I'm not really like that worried about it being too commercialized, but I do think about it interest. It's just fascinating because I wonder if it ends up replacing things like skateboarding. Is it, does it replace it? Does it, does it add, are they two in the same like, like tier or does it, does it completely wash it out and do something different? Because I think that, you know, we we're still so young, like you guys are all saying, we don't have the full personality defined yet, but yeah, what I'm seeing is I don't know that you see it in skateboarding. You know, I don't know that we, we see it as much in skateboarding. I would say that there's, we have a lot of kinship with those guys and I was a skateboarder before I turned into a parkour athlete. And so I really got a lot of, admiration and draw a lot of inspiration from that culture um at the same time i feel like parkour will differentiate itself somehow in the ways that the culture and i don't want to like i don't know what to say it's just like i just think that i feel like the sense i've got different i just think like there's something about it that's a little bit more um of a martial art than than uh than an extreme oh for sure that like you know, I think that skateboarding is a martial art too. It's just like, it's just different, but there's something about, I was talking about with Nick speaking of last or yesterday. And it was just like, there's something just super fundamental to like being able to master the human um, organism, you know, and make yeah. it yeah. to do. That is what's like, gonna, well, that's the thing. Uh, takes it into like a philosophical realm or like a different realm than skateboarding, which has some utility, but is more, much more obviously and much more easily taken into a, let's just see how far we can take it for the sake of it. Kind of. True. Uh, True. Well, there are, there are certain things to compare as well uh, with skateboarding and parkour because like uh, with skateboarding, right. Everyone can do different tricks, right. Have their own style, but what's the basis of skateboarding your skateboard. Right. So 
not that you're necessarily like limited to that, but that's what everyone kind of draws on. I feel like with parkour, like you said, mastering kind of like the human body, because we just have ourselves and it's us versus the obstacle. It's not us, the board and the obstacle. We can interpret it and we can make it literally whatever we want it to be because we have four arms, four limbs. Like that's what we're using. We're not just making contact with the board. We're making contact with our body. Like the board has like, one and one only way of contact, but with your body, there are four, five, six different possibilities of contact. So I think it just, it's, it's, it's the same essence, but completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I, and I'm even speaking more to like, I guess what I'm thinking about is just, man, it's so tough. And I, I'm totally biased because of where I'm at and like where I want to take it. And like, just like what you were saying, um, Jake with, with, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage where obviously like my physical abilities are, they're not, they're not easily advancing. It requires much more effort to push like an extra percent than it used to. Um, but all the, regardless of all that, I would say that just BMX and skateboarding and inline and scootering, like they all have a certain personality type. And I'm wondering, you know, scootering feels like it's a younger thing to do than skateboarding. I don't know why it just feels that way. And BMX feels like it's kind of like the same. There's more tattoos. I don't know why but there is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, what is the characteristic of like parkour really going to look like? How is it going to be different? Because I do see it's a lot like skateboarding. It's a little bit like some of the snow sports even. Uh, And, but one of the things that I'm picking up on is like this sense of like mindfulness and discipline. And like, I don't know if it's just because a lot of like the practitioners like Ilabaka that, uh, or Tim Sheaf or like some of the people that came through in that generation were really philosophical. Like they'd like to talk about, you know, their worldviews and their morals and things like that. And not just the training. Whereas like skateboarding is much more focused on like, what can you do on a skateboard? You know, I feel like parkour athletes are trying at least, or there's something about the parkour athlete that they want to like represent themselves in a way that is, um, showcasing a perspective and not just movement. I think the movement's always the foundation. That's what, that's what the movement is the skateboard, you know, and, and, and skateboarders I'm sure feel the same way. They're 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 expressing themselves a certain way. Um, But uh, what I'm trying to say is I guess I feel like parkour athletes are genuinely more interested in the ideas of other parkour athletes sometimes than, um, than other sports. And maybe it's, I agree. I don't know. No, no, it makes sense. It does seem like a martial art in that sense where we're whoever you're training with or whoever you're around, it's like the same way when you spar with someone who's better than you. Like there's things to learn. There's like techniques to pick up on something that they picked up from someone else, like in another state or another country. And I like I like that comparison a lot. That like I like that you said you view parkour as a martial art as well, because that's how I view it. I, I view it as like I think, uh, like, referring to, like, a UFC fighter, UFC fighter is perfect, perfecting the craft. Oh, shit, we lost you. ...of the survival circuit. Can you and start like, over at uh, perfecting the craft? ...into the discipline of, like, any type of martial warfare. Like, you need to know when to attack, you need to know when to retreat. And I've, I've always viewed parkour as, like, the art of retreat, or, like, the discipline, the martial discipline of, like, pulling back and retreating. Mm. Yeah, no, I, no, I, sorry, I lost a bit of your your audio on the a little bit there, but 
I, I, I got the gist of it, which is like, yeah, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's almost like a whole style yeah. of combatives. That's um, just still being explored. It's just like how to retreat or advance into battle or away from battle, not just the battle. Yeah. Most definitely. I don't know if anyone else wants to try. My headphone like cut out, so I, my audio probably cut out too. I think I heard you guys say that. Yeah, yeah. Dang, you're good. You're good. You're just good. We just we lost a little bit of you, but not too much. Not not cool. enough matter. As long as you heard my autistic ramblings, like forty percent of it, I'm pretty content <laughs> with that. Got at least seventy five percent, I think, of the rambling. <laughs> that's a fucking good percentage. That's good. It's high percentages. That's that's more than yeah. we normally get from Vinny, honestly. Yep, that's true. Uh, yeah. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I floating around twenty. I, yeah, with this idea of like where can the sport go in the future, and it's very interesting to see within even the last year and a half to two years what it has done. I would say like it has been the biggest years for parkour in the last maybe two years, mm-hmm. based on competitions and even just talk, right? Um, between like all the things with fig all the things with you know napc and what those guys are doing uh you know art of motion coming back uh it's in such a good place to be talked about and people are learning what parkour is and that's the best part personally for me i always thought because i was i i grew up you know playing like normal sports playing baseball soccer and basketball but I was always more interested in like X games, the extreme sports. Mm-hmm. And I always saw parkour heading in that direction first mm-hmm. before anything else, because it was always that underground sport that I thought was going to get picked up. Uh, that urban movement, the people have the same personality that you watch back. Like what Vinny was saying with like the, in the late eighties and nineties where skateboarding was. And I feel like you see those personalities in parkour athletes now uh, the brands that are coming out of it, the teams, the sponsors. And I just always thought it would, it would end up going to where X games uh, is now. And I still have, I, I have like this, this sneaking suspicion that somehow it will get there before it gets noticed anywhere else. Hmm. Uh, I, I think that'd be awesome because I feel like there's no better place really than that mm-hmm. for like a parkour competition or parkour in a whole and through that is uh, where it would get the most recognition uh, I think it would ever receive, really. I, yeah, I think that's valid as fuck, for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's like the only place, yeah, where they said like it can go or to be picked up first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think it's like... To the Olympics, ain't it? It's going to... Well, they're all postponing it right now, huh? But uh, yeah. yeah, true. That it, 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 certainly, it certainly seems like that's where it's going to end up as well as in the Olympics. And yeah. probably 2023. You know what's crazy is they're going to do Tokyo 2021 now, right? That's what I heard. Oh, oh I didn't know that. So that could be this year. So Tokyo is going to happen next year. So I wonder if they're going to shift all of them or if they're going to try to. Yeah, get- like shift a year or just go like three years. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> we don't know. But wow. So it'll either be showing up in the 2025 or 2024 Olympics wow. as some kind wow. of event. And yeah, who knows? Who knows where it goes there from there? Um, I think corporate comes in at that point. Huh? I think once you get into, I say once they get into the, or once parkour gets into the Olympics, that's probably when corporate's going to step in a little bit more than we're used to, or the, a little bit more than we're seeing right now. 
but I think Nike PK also has the potential to like have some corporate back backing and bring like some good money into parkour. Like to the point money in the sense of like where athletes have the potential to like get paid a sustainable wage. To- yeah. Or they're like, Oh, I'm literally core for a living right now. That's like the dream ideally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, when you look at like skateboarding, for example, there was obviously people, very similar situations, very similar conversations being had about them being adopted into the Olympics, but they were able, they had, they had leverage because they had people like Tony Hawk that are big names with big voices that, you know, and with that comes a lot of money because there's a lot of backing behind those people, you know, and they go a little bit hand in hand. And that's like, that's what I'm kind of like alluding to, I guess. It's just like, where's, you know, there's, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to even bring up, but it's like, where does, does, you know, where does parkour land and not necessarily land? Cause it's never, it's always moving, but we don't know exactly how, how much of a struggle it'll be to get where we want to go. We just, you know, uh, and, and I love that. Like, we all just get to play a part and just like blaze the trail. Even if that's all it is, it's just like, we're going to make the way for others to kind of like, know you can take it further, you know? And just like, like the Instagram allowing people to like understand like Callum did that you can do a big ass pre at height, you know, it's, it's totally a thing. Um, and you can do it safely and do it well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I just see, I see like the, there's also a shift in, in what the world is interested in and, and what the, you know, what, what has to go and what has to change in order to bring like new concepts in. And like, I, I don't know. I just think that like, there's, there's death that comes along with that. Like certain sports are going to have to like be like Olympics are going to have to drop certain things to really adopt and do parkour um, justice. You know, it can't be stifled and it can't be like a, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's not gonna like it's not gonna be the badminton event, you know. It's not gonna be, you know, we're not we're we're too passionate about it for it to be like a kind of a pastime, I think. And I don't know badminton players, maybe they'd be fucking livid right now. But yeah, I, that's, that's, that's the that's the mind. whole controversy, you know? Like that's what's kind of been Bro, going on with trying to like fight fig and and whatnot, because aren't like I don't really know much about it. Um I know bits here and there, but um a lot of people say that they're trying to like make it into like something completely different of parkour. Well, not in just completely different, but it can like pigeonhole us into a uh, certain status of like what, how relevant is it? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like, that's, that's a really big question. It's like, how much value do we provide? You know, I think there's an interesting, like not everything is necessarily equal, but I do think the reason why fighters, for example, um, why I'm so inspired by fighters is because they, because they bring that philosophical perspective, you know, the greatest of the greats in boxing, they have learned something so much more fundamental about existence, I think, than the greatest of the greats in badminton, for example, you know, there's just some type, there's a little bit of a sliding scale, like you don't know the, the world's greatest badminton players, but the greatest boxers and the greatest UFC heavyweights or fighters often like their legacies live on for decades the Mike Tyson's and Muhammad Ali's and these people. Um, And I just, you know, I wonder where parkour, you know, what kind of like, what kind of influence, not, not in a, like a greedy or like a, we should all like make parkour more important than it is or any of that bullshit. I'm just saying like, I really genuinely wonder like what parkour athletes, like how much they can offer the world. And 
I think it's a lot. Like I genuinely think it's a lot because it's such a, it's such a human thing to be thinking about and doing, but um, that's what I'm like thinking about the most when I'm bringing all these questions up. Interesting. You guys feel me? Do you guys understand what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, definitely. I'm yeah, rambling. Like I've been talking too I'm much. At, I'm on that autistic like, rant right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that that was very well said. Um, I definitely think uh, when thinking about like where parkour will be and the personalities that surround parkour as a whole. Uh, I mean, I met so many people at this point that we've had talks in depth like this about the sport in a whole. And for me, I feel like something like the Olympics is not the place for it right now. Mm. Um, Cause like you said, with skateboarding, they had the minds like Tony Hawk who put in the work. He, I, I don't know if he's backing it too much. I know the, the street league people are backing the Olympic skateboarding a lot. Um, but they've seen Hawk it all. Intervened at least, or like some other Tony Hawk and some other well-known. Yeah. Sports, they had the leverage to intervene and like make sure it was done properly. That's all mm-hmm. I exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think parkour still needs to evolve just a little bit more before it could be there. Right now, I I believe people are just seeing it as a cash grab to put it into the Olympics because it's a yeah. hot new thing that people are going to watch. But it's not there just yet. The, the sad truth is that it's going to be there uh, whether we want it or not because they've done all the stuff. They're able to move it in such a way that they're the ones running it. Um, but it's also why I feel so strongly with like NAPC and even what like Red Bull's doing. They're defining the sport in competitions of their own. And to me, something like NAPC is going to hold a much more prestigious place then who gets the gold medal for style in the Olympics for parkour? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like you said, for the people in the Olympics, they're I think not amongst our know. community. Yeah, but I definitely think that. But uh, like you said, like you can't name the best badminton player, but you could probably name a Hall of Famer somewhere in the MLB, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think it's gonna be like people are gonna be able to name the gold medalist in parkour but we know who placed first in the skill comp back in 2017 NAPC. So for us, us as a community, I think it, it holds more of a value that we bring it up to get to that point before any other company does it first for us. Mm. It's my doggy in the background. The dog feels you. The dog's like, fuck yeah. He's a rowdy Dalmatian. Oh, really? Dalmatian? It was a beautiful huge that, that, That's a nice. He's a good-looking Charlie Brown. He's a good-looking boy. <laughs> um, anyone uh, have anything they like want to bring to the table that they we haven't covered at all, or you know, just something that's been on your mind? I know, like, I've been taking up some of the mic more time than I probably should, and uh, nah, dude. I, oh, yeah. I'm just, you know, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts that have been drifting behind the the scenes here. Cause we all have to be like, so polite. For, like, I know I could wrap off for ages. So I'm, I'm just trying to keep down. Depends on what you want to know. Yeah. What, what, what piqued your curiosity there, friendo? Well, I'm peak, well, like, or again, for me, I'm all, I'm really concerned. You know, I don't know, man. I just like these ideas. Like I like, <laughs> I like to know how you guys are thinking about it. You obviously have the Bruce Lee t-shirt on. You know, that oh, yeah. you draw inspiration from, from him as well. And like, I'm wondering like if we can all come up with a concise viewpoint 
of like where, Ooh, maybe not. I'm not even going to ask you to be concise, but I would say like, what is like a fundamental belief that you have about parkour or about your life? Forget parkour, just like about, I think it's the same thing ultimately. So that you guys, um, try to live by. Okay. I believe I was destined to meet these guys. Like everything, like as cliche as that sounds like, I believe like it is my destiny to do parkour, like to the very end until either my body gives out on me or until I take my last breath. Like I am, this feels right. This feels where I am supposed to be. Bang, bang. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something that I'm very, very big on. um, And this is with training life and and just in general, kind of all mixed together. Um, And actually I talked about it in my last Instagram post that I had just posted a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the basis of the fact that, no matter what happens in your life, whether it be good, bad, uh, or here, or here, the next thing, um, you never give up. Like you always get up, you always fucking try, you always work. And when you work, you work hard. Um, and as long as you are following what you love completely and you know that you love it through and through, that will take you farther than anything else. And that's what I very much believe because I've been through things in my life that, like, honestly, like sometimes I shouldn't even get out of bed, you know, because and anyone has those thoughts with like a stuff in that and then like things happening in their life. But if I, if I believe in something and I'm very strong about it and I love it through and through, I know more than anything else that if I commit myself to that, it will help me with anything in my life. Like it will push me forward in every single situation. So, and just staying positive is like a very, very, very That's big. Powerful, man. I mean, that was really cool the way you said that. Um <laughs> I I feel you big time on that one. Big, I, I really appreciate that. I was wondering if you, if you are willing, if you would share a little bit on like how you arrived at that and like some of the struggles that you've had. It's up to you. Uh, sure. Um, so, not a lot of people know, and I'm like I'm not like super super. I'm, not that I don't talk about it a lot, but I, I'm a very open person. If you ask me questions, I talk. But um, so the way that I literally got into parkour and then like things happened in my life was, uh, like I said, in the beginning in Staten Island, like it was my brother Anthony and Nick that were kind of very much, very, very uh, driven and wanting to do this. Um, and then unfortunately what happened was uh, when I was 13 years old, my brother got into a car accident and ended up not surviving from everything that happened. Um, and then st- from there, like I developed anxiety and like depression and was going through a lot through a lot of years, like dealing with a lot, uh, going to therapy, trying to like, like regain like control of myself because I've, um, since like 14, 15 years old, I suffer from like very severe panic attacks and that goes hand in hand with the anxiety. Uh, so there was a point in my life where, um, like the anxiety attack would just take over and I would lose feeling in my legs and just go down and black out. Um, and it got so bad to the point where that would happen. That would literally happen probably like four times a day. Um, so it was very, very tough kind of like dealing with like uh, teenage years and kind of pushing through it and kind of figuring out like what's going on with me, like what I am. And uh, I was in a very, very weird place for, for a while. Um, like my parents had kind of gotten divorced, like fighting here and there, fighting over custody and whatnot. Um, but then through parkour, through like learning and literally meeting all these fucking dudes that I had no idea were on the same island as me, like together, um, kind of like having that feeling and, and knowing that they're there for me no matter what, and they're there to push me and make sure that I stay on top of my shit. 
um, that has literally driven me to the point where my own belief now is no matter what, you don't give up. There is no negativity. There is only positivity. Uh, and no matter what, again, like if you work for it, it's, it's going to come, you know, and that's something that I've had to realize through like therapy and friendships and these guys that really like pounded into my head. Like, no, you, you don't like, no matter what, like you get up, you try it again, try it differently, do something else. Just, there's always a way around everything. And that took me a very, very long time to realize and understand. Yeah. Well, well said, my man. And I appreciate you. You saying it. I mean, the 24 to realize that is actually, I wouldn't say the longest time, you know? <laughs> you know, a lot no, of people takes them the whole life or they never figure it out. But, mm-hmm. um, but it, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that kind of story because it's, it's one of the things that I think, like you just said, it just needs to be drilled in over and over again. And so many people even if they're, they know it, it's, it's so helpful to hear some of something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, like, that's a big thing too. Like with me, my Instagram or whatever I put out, I try very much so to have everything that I put out into the world be positive because I know through my own experience, through dealing with certain situations and whatnot, and all the anxiety that I've dealt with in my life that like, um, again, like you just, you can't be negative. So if you can create like a positive image for some, for someone and anyone, it could be one person that looks at that fucking post or whatever caption, whatever, something that they can really connect to. And if one person actually follows through on it and it gives them that kind of hope that brings me like the best joy ever. So through my, whatever, like social media or, or post or whatever, I very much try to stay positive. You can do it, find inspiration from anything and use it to drive you forward positively. That's, that's, that's basically it. Award up to that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, who, who do we like Lane or Jake, do you want to share as well on like your kind of a fundamental belief that carries you through life right now? Well, I was going to say actually going based on what he just said, like, uh, yeah, I guess it gets me through life or anything. I would say it's like, it's like any sport. I feel like you can get out of any sport. You get that like, how Joe said, you get that like dedication, you get that little something that like pushes you to deal with like everyday anxieties or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So I would say pretty much, yeah, I believe that you should do something with yourself, no matter what it is, something that makes you happy and show yourself that you can push yourself. You can become something more, you know? So. And hey, you guys are, uh, you guys are making it hard to follow up on this one. I'm going from, it wasn't really going, sorry, dude. Joe, you just got to, <laughs> no, you're, you're going to drop the, if you're going to drop like the truth bombs on us like that, if you're going to well, inspire everybody, just <laughs> go last. I'll try it. I'll I'm try it. I'm sorry. It's a um, trauma, bro. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, I never really stuck with any uh, sports that I've done when, when I was a kid, I kind of played it, uh, whether it was that I want to do it or my parents wanted me to do it. I kind of played it, did it, got the joy out of it. Uh, was always very athletic throughout like my, my childhood, but I would always just kind of leave and not look back. I didn't want to do it anymore. A big thing about me is that I, the one thing that I hate doing is wasting time. So at this point in my life, parkour has, I've put so much time into trying to perfect my craft and, and work on what I'm able to do and the skills and uh, meet all these wonderful human beings that I have the honor of being on a team with. And I've put so much time into it that mentally it would physically piss me off 
<laughs> if I just called it quits because that would be the biggest waste of time that I've ever done then. I and feel that. I would not be able to, like, I, I can't actually think about what it would be like if I just called it quits and stopped. Because mm-hmm. now at this point, I not, I, I not only feel like I went to myself to continue through with this because I would hate myself if I, you know, just quit. But I feel like I owe it to anybody that I've met throughout the sport or anybody who has taught me something. Because now if I call it quits, not only do I waste my time, I waste everybody's time that has taught me something, anybody's time who's put something out, content that I've watched. Because now I've watched it, I learned from them, and then I just kind of, I left. So for me, it's, it's a big mental thing for me as well where I don't want to leave because of all the time that I put into it and the immense amount of love that I have for the sport in a whole. Um, and it's, it's pretty much, you know, the only sport that I've stuck with for more than a couple months. I'm going on 10 years now. And to think 10 years ago at uh, 14, I was just kind of learning what parkour is and now seeing where it's come. It's, it's amazing to watch because like we've talked about before, we are kind of at like that forefront of seeing where parkour is actually going to head. We're no longer just kids that are going on YouTube and typing parkour 101 because that's what I fucking did when I first learned about it. Uh, <laughs> that's what I did too. <laughs> yeah, right. Parkour 101. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're seeing where it's going. And to me, that is, that's given me like the biggest joy out of sticking with this and not wasting my time or wasting others' time like with learning this. And I, fucking, I, I just can't wait to see where it goes. Well said, my man. That's uh, good. You stepped up, bro. I think the only thing I would say is that there's no way it's going to be a waste of time. You know, like none of this time is wasted. I don't think, but that not 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 because you know. Sometimes I think you can take on a different journey, and it's still like never never. I I could tell by your mindset you're never wasting time. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be wasting time no matter huh. what happens. That's what you think. We play a lot of video games. Sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Smash Bros are, you know. Smash. All right. Um, let's go. Let's. I think we we can probably wrap on that because I don't want to keep you guys all night. I know it's fucking whatever. Almost 10 p.m. There. I fucking missed my question, bro. Fuck again. Wait, what was the question? What do you think happens after you die, Brandon? What no, not, not again. God damn it, man. It's not your podcast anymore. It's Brandon's <laughs> podcast. So he can choose to answer it if he wants to. Wait, is this like a question you ask a lot of people or something? No, we had on that podcast. I genuinely, I ask everyone I meet what their personal belief is like after the lights go out. I tried asking my friends down below. They still haven't told me. I tried to ask them on, there, on our That's podcast. Like, I like that you're going to the deep question right there. Because I want to know. How many do you think about this more often? Because I don't think about it that much. What's going to happen when I die or what happens when anyone dies? You know, I think that's like, who the fuck knows, man? I really don't know. And I think you should kind of act as if you don't get any other opportunities. But I think that there probably is something that, you know, even if my my own consciousness doesn't like go on or whatever, I'm not me anymore. I feel like yeah. life goes on, you know, and yeah. whatever. I think like my my role in it, I don't know. It doesn't need to be anything more than what it is on this life. So I'm gonna try to make it what it can be. That's yeah. my most definitely. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah live in the moment. Think, all right? That's a deep ass question. Let's all. Hey. I'm gonna throw it back at you. Oh God! What do you think happens after you die? Wait, 
I I don't want I don't want to answer it first. They have my answer. I want to hear okay, what you niggas got to say down below because no one's ever told me. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So you're going. You're not going first. Who else is gonna go? I don't got much to say. I just hope it's less stressful. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, bro. He's not wrong. Relief. Yeah. No, I, uh, I I agree with you, Brendan. Like, uh, once it, when you know, once it's once I'm gone, it's it's life at that point. You know, everything kind of like comes full circle. It's all energy. Like I give back to what made me. Word up. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely feel. Yeah, I I feel very strongly with that. Like, no matter what happens, you like yeah, you got you got to realize life life's gonna move on with or without you. Um, and coming to terms with that is like super important. So. I always felt like, you know, whatever you're going to do in this life, you better make it worth it that it is either talked about, it is thought about, or something that you've done is acted upon uh, by somebody else. Because then, you you know, you continue to live on that way. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as you make it worth it, then, I mean, I personally, I don't care what happens afterwards. As long as you made this moment worth it, then, you know, you're good. Yeah. I like the, I like to think in extremes and I think both extremes teach you the same lesson here, which is like, you should live your life as if you do this infinite amounts of time and, or this is the only time, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. like some people believe in like cyclical time where it's just like, it's, it, it's not actually just one time you're doing it infinite amounts of times. So, and I think that's the same, it's kind of the same rule. It's like, you should behave as if like, this is, you know, whatever action you're taking, whatever words you're speaking, that could be a lot of pressure. Maybe that's a little too much, but, <laughs> but you, uh, sure. but, but you want to, do you want to behave in a way that it's like, all right, you're boosting yourself forward and you're boosting the whole of life of the universe or whatever you, you know, think, however you think we're connected. If you do yeah. into, into whatever you think is valuable. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a deep question. All right. Last but not least. Oh, wow. No, now the limelight's on me. No, you guys, um, you guys definitely said some of the stuff I want to say, but like, I, I personally, uh, I don't think the lights go out. I think I, I'm more, I'm more fond of the idea of reincarnation or even like I've been in, in this life before the amount of times I've been in my position where I'm in right now talking to you guys. But I think, I think being a human being must be like one of the more simplistic forms of life, like along like the evolutionary scale of things. And I think at the end of evolution, everyone is, is becomes one and everyone's God. And like, I've always liked that saying, like see God and everyone. I'm not a particularly religious person, but I love that saying because I think at the end of the day, like we are all going down the same path. And at some point we're going to reach our final evolutionary stage. But right now we're like a human being. We think we're complex, but I think on the grand scheme of things of what we're going to become through like numerous incarnations, like, we're fucking bacteria right now. And like, <laughs> I don't know if you know, Vinny, that's called the egg theory. Is that egg theory? The one that yeah. you and Miguel are always talking about? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. I really, I really, I'm keen on that one. I like egg theory a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard of some of these egg theory as well. And I like that's my own person. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm very fascinated with like what human beings will evolve into, you know? like what, what it actually looks like. Yeah. Cool. Cause all of our DNA is so unexpressed still. And just like what generations and generations and generations, like, you know, millennia from now, what, what a human being will actually look like, or even the word human will mean is. Yeah. Or well, let alone what technology is going to unlock for us or how it's going to affect. Like, how it's gonna affect. Yeah. Oh, baby. 
That's juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm ready. Can't get any deeper than that. Um, no, all right, we just got as deep as we can get. So let's go ahead and call that. You guys are amazing. Um, obviously, if there's anything you want to say to wrap it up, or if there's anywhere that you want the to point the audience, I really uh, every one of you for coming on, and and hopefully we can do more of these. Absolutely. Real quick, all do right. you just want to wrap it up with uh, all the ampi sound stuff that we've been doing? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Let's do it. All right. So um, basically, uh, so we've been working with uh, AmpiSound for a couple months now, and kind of how that got started was especially with the uh, the New York POV, uh, the rooftop POV that we did, and um, he had hit up a couple people in New York asking if like people were interested in like who would be willing to kind of do something like this, and again, how we talked like that we were like we were the only like. Not that we're the only real, but like we were like the only group that like had the consistency enough and like I guess like the uh, the the correct teamwork in order to really get it done under like the circumstances because uh, New York is like a very very like I said before very hard city to find uh, roof jumps in. So we spent about what was it two months two months filming right guys Roughly. two shout months out, shout out. Uh- uh, Miguel and Miles yes. for putting the good word for AmpiSound yes, for us yes, too. Yes, yes, they uh, they very much helped us kind of get affiliated with AmpiSound. So we spent about two months filming. We went out every single Sunday to get this done, and we had a a, a meeting literally like the day the first day before we went out to shoot. We all had a meeting. We all got together, a uh, very very serious meeting when we were like, okay, listen. We know that it's very, very hard to do this in New York. We know that once we get on roofs, and because it is New York City, they might treat it like a terrorist offense. Mm. That was something that was very much kind of going through our heads when we were doing this. And um, we told each other, like, every single step has to be thought out. Every single way up has to be together. You know what I mean? Um, we have to completely be in each other's heads the entire time, know what we're doing. And while we were talking, um, the stuff that we found up there, we kind of capped it off to, if you think that you can do this within five to six, five to eight seconds of like rationalizing in your head, yes, you are going to do it completely full faith. If you take any longer with that, you are not attempting this line because we do not have the time frame to do this. I think the most amount of time that we spent on roofs in New York was an hour right and then yeah and then we had to hop down and go to yeah it was a long, was a hour. long um, hour we had people coming out yeah. with uh, machetes we had people oh, coming yeah. out with baseball bats yeah new yorkers are very very scary no like yeah, yeah like completely Dude, missioning in new york is like one of the sketchiest things you could do one the architecture crumbles beneath your feet crumbles everywhere there were so many fire escapes that were breaking underneath us as we were climbing up it was literally insane did you guys explain all that more of this in that video to you put out yeah so so we made um it must be insane yeah because because it's just i mean i didn't really think about this i'm gonna watch that video for sure but yeah dude new york is so much different it's like big 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 game hunting or some shit. It's like yes, yeah, yeah. It's a New York minute for sure. Everything's so high anxiety and high rushed, and like rooftop training's no different. If anything, mm-hmm. it's hyper rushed because you're like, 
I got to get the fuck down from here before NYPD comes up and tases me. <laughs> exactly. And we had a couple, we had a couple of instances where we heard cops were going around. We actually got a tip uh, from one of the New Yorkers in the community that sent us a message that saw us on roofs and was like, Hey, listen, there's a bunch of people on the ground on their phones right now calling the cops on you guys. You guys need to get down. So once we got, we were literally in the middle of filming. We had to stop everything that we were doing, pack up and, and, and rush down. And we didn't even get to go back to that roof. Oh my God, dude. That must've done some serious elevating of your training though. Being yeah, very, like, very quick. Oh yeah. Very quick. Just like, uh, no, yes, no, yes, yes, yes. That's like that. I mean, I love how that, that necessity can be the mother of invention or whatever they say, but mm-hmm. just like, I'm sure that was really valuable. Just challenging yourself that way. I love. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was, it was very interesting. It was interesting to see the architecture of the roofs on New York yeah. because I don't think that is something that anyone has ever really tried to explore. Oh, it's like um, crazy. And not that we found like the biggest stuff, uh, but for what we did find, everything was very scary, literally because of the architecture. We didn't know if something was going to break. We didn't know if something was shaky. I got, again, like we tested everything to the best of our ability, but again, there's like that risk faster of like, you don't know. So Sometimes once you guys wouldn't fucking test and I'd be like, did you check that? And you'd be like, Oh, I did. And I'm fucking sitting there kicking. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was, there was a actually, um, actually very interesting, uh, towards the end of our filming, we were kind of rushed just a little bit because, uh, we started very late in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like going into like, uh, um, like, uh, what's up? Uh, just getting wetter outside and, and oh, yeah. the daylight savings, like uh, it was getting darker quicker. So me, Lane and Vinny and actually David came out with us one time, flew in from Boston to kind of like help us with it. Um, so we all made the decision like, oh, like today it's going to drizzle a little bit. We're still going to go out and we're still going to try to find footage. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like what Vinny said, like testing everything to the, like, the best of your ability, but sometimes you don't know. And actually I ended up slipping on a rail and hitting headfirst into one of the walls that we were trying to jump and dive past. And Dude. I was literally like this close, like from a nail going right into my head. And it, it is weird, you know, a little, a little shaky, but uh, we dusted each other off. Like we reinforced that, like we know we got sure. this, we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you were in this close. Four year old, I'm close. talking about. You're a fucking. One of the 31 year old me now knows where the nails are before I go. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel <laughs> that. That's all but, I'm know. saying. That's all I'm saying with that. I'm like, fuck, dude. But <laughs> you gotta live through it, dude. I, I fucking knocked no, myself out twice when I was younger, so I can't yeah. shit. Hey, listen, next take, we fucking got it right, right on. And then we rushed down. It was good. It was no. very interesting adventure in New York. Very, very interesting. Yeah, well, you definitely anyone who I'll put that in the in the description of the podcast because that video I want to watch and I I I I think it's so interesting that you guys are exploring that because it is like it's New York, dude. It's one of the most important cities in the world. Potential. There's so much untapped. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and there's a lot that uh, there's a lot of roofs that we got on that we had to come down very very quickly because the tenants like were annoyed, and literally those spots were these spots like there was just so much yeah but there was very little that we really had access to because of the time frame the pressure and just the stress of it all so mm. for for what got done and i think the video very much speaks for itself yeah. uh i think we, we we did a really good job and uh back to the beginning of what we were saying like representing new york like i think in that video that's exactly what we did 
we showed the culture, we showed the architecture, the environment, like us as a collective group. Like, I think it, I think it went really well. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from here going forward, what we would like to do, um, every city or, or state or, you know, wherever that we travel to, uh, try to make a POV. One, to encapsulate where we travel to, to um, continue working with Ampasound as much as we can, um, and then just going forward with that. So I love that. I love it. It's kind of like a, yeah, you just exp- do a little expose almost, like show the show each each episode is like a, this is this city. This is yeah. that city. This is, yeah. uh, it's like an Anthony Bourdain of, of parkour spots. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives our, uh, it gives our like own style to it too, because it's us training. Like it's us getting the footage. It's our perspective. GoPro is literally here in your mouth. Like you're, yeah. you're a person. So I uh, think we very much like bring our style to it. Yeah. You guys did a really amazing job with, with that and the Houston or not. I don't know if it was just Houston, but the Texas video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was just Houston. Yeah. You guys pushed both out. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go to Austin. We planned for it, but uh, the weather wasn't really on our side. So uh, we next did time work. we got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got to come to Denver and do an episode for sure again. Yeah, that would that would be cool. Actually, uh, uh, that's what me and Lane did a little bit with our, our descent project. It was mainly GoPro footage and us just kind of doing descents and whatnot and cat and cat drops. So oh, it's cool, but it would be really cool to come back and shoot like a whole video with the entire team. That would be so sick. That'd be epic. Even get maybe uh, some people that live there, like you or uh, some uh, actually AJ. That, get Nick to come out and then feature Max as well. It'll be a whole New York reunion. And that'd be, uh, that'd be yeah, I sick. miss Max. That's man. it. That'd be so sick. That's it. That'd That's the sick. project. <laughs> that is the project. So. All right. Um, and it, that, yeah, everyone needs to be following. If you guys are listening to this shit, you need to be following them. And, um, yeah, I mean, any last words? You guys are absolutely crushing it. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to hear us out, man. It's fucking awesome to be on your show and talk to you like this. Yeah, absolutely. Like virtually, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure. That was them. The boys from New York, Staten Island, even some of them. And of course, good friends of Nick Ortiz, another friend of the podcast. Much love to the East Coast. But if you guys forget, then I'm here to remind you, get in that motherfucking description right now before I lose my temper and um, give us a five-star review, give us a subscribe, tell your friends, and let's do this. Let's make this bigger. Let's spread it around. Appreciate you guys being here and being part of this one, of course, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.